You are listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast. If you are an Indian living abroad, feeling stuck in an average 9 to 5 or a job or business that's not helping you reach your full potential, this is the podcast to tune in where you will find your role models and learn from their dream struggle victory stories. This is your host Ehsan Ali, a long-time IT professional living in Sydney, Australia, who has made it his mission to find and unpack these stories, strategies and life lessons of successful and inspiring Indian expats to help you and I reach our full potential. And I'm very excited to talk to today's guest, Dinesh Chaya. Dinesh held senior technology leadership roles in corporate world and then transitioned into entrepreneurship. Uh, he's built uh, and exited two startups. He sits on the board as advisor to startups. He teaches in a university. And right now with his current startup, he is building the largest database of cybersecurity vendors globally. So let's talk to Dinesh and pick up a nugget or two uh, from his corporate career as well as uh, his entrepreneurial journey. Hey, Tinesh, how are you? Yes, very well. Thank you. How are you? Very good. And welcome to the Empowering Union Experts podcast. And uh, very, very excited to have you uh, today here and uncover your story. Uh, So just to give you a quick background, uh, the audience for this podcast are Indian expats, of course, and people in India as well. And uh, these are people who want to do very well in corporate or want to transition into entrepreneurship. And uh, you are someone who has done both really well. You were very successful in your corporate career. You you were heading cybersecurity department for a couple of companies, which I would like to know a little bit about. And then... I don't know what happened. You left, you started started and exited a few companies. And now you are very excited about your cybersecurity. Jenny 2.0, the day you mentioned. So I want to really learn from your experiences, both in corporate as well as in your business space that you have done. So if you can share in your own way who Tinesh is, let's start from there. Sure, absolutely. So Tinesh is a, essentially say, a father first. <laughs> Like most of the children to two very beautiful, young, smart daughters who are actually two, yeah, you said two, 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 a 12 year old and an eight year old. So right. pretty much the North stars in my world and married to equally a very, uh, successful woman, arguably probably more successful than me, but that's a whole different show in itself. So that that's a little bit my wife and my family. I have just moved from London to Sydney about six months ago uh, because of my wife had an opportunity to come out and work and it was an exciting thing for us to do. It was, we made the decision back in London about a year ago when we were in the height of COVID and actually, you know, it was a very, very tough time for everybody in the world. But I think in London and the UK where COVID was right at the time, it was a decision which we took and it was a bit of a gamble and it paid off. And here we are now, we left one raining city and moved to a rainy city. We had a little bit of trouble in Australia for a while. Either it's uh, rain or it's fire. Well, I have not experienced fire yet, (laughs) but the the rain definitely. And and being a Brit, you know, when I have conversations with locals, it's, oh, you brought the British weather with you. And I can't even, (laughs) I'm like, yeah, we have, you know, we have definitely guys. Last week or so, it it feels like London. You know, that's, that's yeah, how it is. Yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, I've been a corporate guy for, I was a corporate guy for about 15 years. Worked for some pretty big companies. So, Fujitsu, where 
I ran professional services across financial services across Europe. So quite a big ask. It was about a $60 million book. Prior to that, I worked for a tiny little Indian outsourcer company called Wipro. No, no more. It's no more tiny. Yeah, I, I <laughs> know. I, I say it, but you know, I know it. Yeah, okay. It, okay. it was a $9 billion company. When $9 I was billion. Yeah, but I always say that because people say Wipro, I don't know. I'm like, how can you not know Wipro? Uh, but I, I, I led one of their cybersecurity accounts globally there. A lot of pressure, a different mindset, of course, being a, a British born Indian and they're going to work for an Indian company. You know, my dad did say to me, but uh, be careful, you, you're a Brit, you know, you, you may not last in this, that culture. Indian environment, yeah. And I said, no, dad, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'll be fine. And sadly, eight months on, he was right. I, 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 I struggled with it, but I learned so much. And where did you start? Like, did you start in uh, cybersecurity or information security or it would no. do something else? No, I left university. I actually did three weeks in private banking, working for Barclays in Knightsbridge, but I didn't like banking at all. It wasn't my thing. Uh, my brother's stockbroker. I saw that lifestyle. Yes, the money's there, but it wasn't for me. And then after three weeks of doing that, I, I went into work for a software company. Very early stage, I became a young sales guy. I had a little car and a big phone back then. And I got given a territory, driving up and down that territory, selling this software. Which well, is what was the software about? Uh, it was really boring software. <laughs> Even Dell, I, I can't even say the name of the company because they still made no, that's all right. but it was an address verification software. So you know, the okay. postcode, you put the postcode in and it tells you address. Yeah. Okay. So back then that was quite fancy, but it was really dull then. Anyway, so that gave me my first sort of insight into sales. And I thought, I quite like this. It's good. I like it. And you know, you talk a little bit and you make lots of money and I thought this is not so bad, but then. I soon realized actually there was more to life than selling address verification software. Mm. And I ended up working for uh, Gartner, who we all know. And that was probably one of the best decisions of my career because working for someone like Gartner, you get an inside out view of the entire market, the entire IT market, but equally, um, for me, cybersecurity and IT security was an emerging thing back then. And I got a view on the market and I thought, this is pretty cool. There's this thing called antivirus and firewall security. It was basic stuff then, right? Right. And I thought, well, actually, that's where I want to go. You feel like a bit of a, you're doing something good. You know, you feel like a hero. So was it, uh, was it because you, you felt that's going to be the future or there was any other uh, element of interest? I did not know it was going to be what it is today. Not okay. that many people did, right? It yeah. was, it was a cool thing to do, I think, you know, okay. and it was security and you know, there was no such word as cyber. Cyber is a relatively new word. It was IT security, database security, network security, you know, information security, big, big old traditional names. And now it's fancy, so now it's all cyber. But I made a transition into my first AD company, really enjoyed that. I thought, I really like this. This is a really cool thing to do. And then from there, the rest is all just me growing my career, then going thinking. I you, were there in, you were there in Gartner for long? Uh, Gartner, I was there for two and a half, three years. Uh, so you I, did research, data research, or inf what exactly did you do? No, I managed the Irish public sector with a, a client partner and we sold Gartner's research into the public sector. Over okay. There. So but, you were not in the research team, you were in the selling the research team. Yeah, yeah. Selling yeah. sales and that prior experience of sales was what yeah, brought you yeah, in. Absolutely. But you're not selling product anymore, you're selling, you're selling uh, information. Got it selling research. And that's why I really appreciated the power of research. Hence, when we get to Jenny, it all came together beautifully. Right. But this is all part of my forming stage, if you will. Mm, you know, mm, and, and, but I didn't know I was forming for me at that time. It was. Dinesh, I'm jealous of you. The fact that you started in sales, I wish I had started in sales. End of the day, uh, say, I mean, a lot of people think sales is uh, 
sleazy or whatever. In my mind, sales is the most noble profession in terms of you help a prospect or a potential client make right decision. And, and if you have a product that you feel it's the best product for this particular customer, and if you have integrity, you are doing the right thing. Otherwise, some some guy can come and sell him something which he doesn't need. <laughs> you know what? You're 100% correct. Unfortunately, there is a, especially in our industry, cyber has exploded. There is, you know, thousands of vendors out there. And they there are, unfortunately, people who represent the company, not just in IT security, but generally for companies that they, they, they I wouldn't go as far as calling them sleazy, but integrity, definitely sleazy. <laughs> you know, I, I would definitely call them not great salespeople and they go and sell something which doesn't exist. And unfortunately that they give the, the rest of the community a bad name. But on another angle, you may not have that uh, challenge issue brought up in Britain. A lot of people like me who started in, in some corner in India where first language was not English. Mm -hmm. And it was not just the language, the overall personality development wasn't there. So. If, if, I mean, that's my, my feel now, if I had to go back, I would push myself to get into sales early on so I can polish myself. So a lot of techies uh, later on, they are not able to move from their technology skill roles to leadership role because of imposter syndrome of, can I do, can I lead, can I communicate and all of those things. Where in sales, they, you know, you know they make you do so much, you become rejection free, yeah. become fluent, you start to understand people and all of those things, which I realize now. And, that time there's nobody to guide and anyway let's move on so what did you do but, 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 but you know it's it just just to kind of if i can close that off just to touch i i was having a discussion with somebody recently about this i don't care what role do you do you are always selling yeah, yeah. You're, whether you're an accountant you're selling to your clients whether you're an internal stakeholder you're selling to your team uh whether you're client facing you're selling to customers whether you're ceo you're selling to investors you are always selling it's just, you don't know you're selling it because you're not labeled a salesperson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we mustn't, everybody in my company is selling to somebody. Mm. They just don't know they are. And, and so I, I it is absolutely the lifeline of uh, a business and not and just this, for the revenue, but for the wider communities. That when you say that there's one more last statement on that. Go on, let's do, you know. When we, when we are, say when I'm learning to sell, it's all about me. Mm -hmm. Am I doing it right? Do I know the product enough? And so on and so forth. But sales is never about me. It's about the other side. <clears throat> yeah. If I just change the focus from me to you, I'm now thinking about what problem do you have? If you don't have any problem, I don't, don't have right to sell you anything. Yeah. Okay. So, and now everything is about you. The pressure is gone. And if, I mean, we are all humans, right? We connect as humans really well. People think, oh, I don't connect really well and think that's not true. We are all human. We connect well. It's just that focus of it's all about the other side, find their problem, think of the best solution. Now we are creative, we are human. That's, that's how beautifully I look at sales now. But yeah. when I started, people say, oh, what is this man? Sales, yeah. please, sales is that. Yeah. Let's close that. So, <laughs> let's, let's close that because I, yeah, that, that we could go into that. Yeah. The so what did you do after Gartner? So you were, so started as sales in Gartner again, you sold this time you were selling research. What did you do next? Then after that, I, I moved into my first IT security role. And at this point, I'd, I had experience in the public sector, the UK public sector. So right. I went to work for an antivirus company where I, I, I led a, again, sales function. However, what I realized was at this point, security was growing and there was more to um, IT security than just antivirus. Mm. So in the two, three years I was in this company, the market was exploding. And then I realized, actually, I want to now go and work for a managed service provider and sell a whole bunch of other stuff. 
Right. And that's where all my, and after that, it was a string of large companies, uh, HP, I, I, I ran, I think it was their third or fourth largest account globally. So I was in New York a lot and, and running, uh, this American firm client, which was very exciting because I learned about the American culture two years of, you know, traveling there a, a lot, which was interesting. I, I then obviously went to work for Wipro and then Fujitsu was my last role, my last official role. And then in between, there was a couple of sprinklers and startups, which. I didn't really have a good time in, I, I, I think I, cause I came from that big corporate structure, you know, you have a bid manager, you have a finance manager, you have all of these army of people supporting <laughs> you. And then when you go work for a startup, which funny enough, I run one now, you know, you don't have those people anymore. <laughs> and I, I struggled a little bit with the very lensed approach they have on, you know, they, they're watching you all the time. <laughs> one of <laughs> employee number 10, for example, they, <laughs> you know, when you're working for a big organization, I think people forget you have a lot of airtime. You have a lot of cover. You can actually take time out and breathe. Right. But when you're a startup, you don't have that, that, that luxury, you know, 40 hours is 40 hours because you, 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 your, your work matters. So I, I got a little bit about early on and actually it helped. And again, I believe everything helped me. Happens for a Yeah. To, to where so, I am today. So when you were growing, so it was all sales leadership that you uh, were in. Now, did you have to learn? Uh, anything in uh, information security or you had to go through certifications because you were selling uh, cyber security and information security? Not really. However, as an individual, you know, I took, I spent a lot of time spending time with practitioners. I'm very, very blessed that I have a lot of practitioners who I've grown up with. And I spent a lot of time with these guys understanding the processes. I don't have to get into the weeds. I don't have to be technical. Conceptually, I can talk about the entire thing. Got it. And, um, and, and as most partners probably do at one of the top four, they can talk about it, but when it gets into the weeds, they do have technical support. They do have, you know, the, the, the relevant SMEs to help support that bid or that project or deliver or whatever it may be. Got it. I became that guy effectively. So it, it is more about you knowing uh, the landscape, knowing, knowing the market, knowing the business, what's working, what do people need and all of those things rather than, you know, how to fix it. So that, that makes sense. Yes. Now, if you have to summarize your corporate career and we are entering into your entrepreneurial startups, two or three things that comes in your mind, if you had, if you had to build career all over again, what would you not change? Number one, and what do you change? Just two things. What would you change? What would you not change and what would you do differently? What would I do differently? If I can answer that first. Yeah. I wouldn't have a corporate career. <laughs> if, All right. If I'm being brutally honest. No, that's okay. That's okay. We're all uh, unique. Uh, and, uh, 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 <laughs> because what I know now, four and a half years in, yeah. um, and, and I'll expand on it when we move, flip over yeah. to the, the dark right. side or the fun side, whichever way you fit it, right? <laughs> Um, I'll explain my reasons behind that. So yeah. I wouldn't have it, but what would I do? I would do, which is what I did do, which is I, I was blessed to have some very, very good managers and manageresses around me. And effectively they were all, I really leaned in and I, I when I needed their help, I asked and they supported so me. You lean and into mentorship is what you're saying. Yeah, a hundred percent. Okay, cool. No, very, very powerful. No, yeah, got it. So when did you uh, start to feel it's time to be on your own? So actually I'd already started when I was working for somebody, you know, people call it a side hustle. Yeah. I'd, I'd already had two or three side hustles before I decided to leave employment full time. Cool. I had a, a, a car business. Car uh, business. Yeah. As long as it wasn't conflicting my main job, 
Card or card? You were selling cars. Cars. What? So you buy and sell? Yeah, yeah. I like cars. I like cars. So I buy and sell second in cars. But my wife wasn't too happy that sometimes she'd come on to come home from work and the drive was full of these old banger cars because <laughs> you know my speciality wasn't supercars or anything fancy. It was just what I could just afford. Any, any car, anything, right? Just to, so so I did that. That wasn't one of the businesses I, ex- I, I exited, by the way, thank God. Right, that was just trialing out stuff. Then I had a food business where we did packaged boxes, where we put healthy bars and stuff in there, a bit like the Graze box in the UK. We were probably the fifth or sixth to come out of the market. So it's a and full grocery box or it's just the... You no, know, it's like healthy snack box. It was called the Good Health box. In Facebook, it still kind of exists in the, in the, in the, in the shadows. Uh, but that business was... Awesome. It was, you know, we created an idea from start. We, 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 we built that and then we went out and did that. So I was always doing a side hustle along the way. And then there's obviously other things which I'll share. Was it, but do you, do you say it's because of your Gujarati DNA? It's really, it's a really good question. I think it is. I think it is. I think it, it, it is part of our DNA. My, when my father came to England, he didn't go, he had multiple jobs. He had, he worked in a tile factory. He ran the shop. So he ran the shop in the daytime. He went, worked in the tile factory in the evening, weekends, then another job. And that's just the way it was. We, mm. they all had lots of jobs because right. we had to survive. Mm. Um, they, and they came with nothing. And he's not single to that story. A lot of those yeah, came in from East Africa, from India, from wherever in the world, landed yeah. on a boat in 1970s or the early, late sixties, no money. And they, they, it was fight or flight. And like every other parent, they, mm. they fought and they. Here we are today, sitting in Australia, right? Awesome. <laughs> so, do you know what I mean? So it's, it's because of them, but yes, hundred percent. It is part of that DNA. We, 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 we can't deny it. Awesome. Any, any learning from the little side hustles that you did? Yeah, absolutely. Just make sure it's something you enjoy and you're passionate about number one. And number two, in those early stages, also choose your partners correctly. Awesome. I, I didn't, unfortunately. Awesome. Yeah, we don't choose partner. We kind of get together and you know on a glass of beer or whatever it's called and you say all right let's do it and then we get into it and yeah so good good hard questions or in uh, what i've learned is questions like if we start together where do you see this business five years down the line and if you say i want to take it north the other person says i want to take it south you know yeah. <laughs> whether it's worth getting in there or not. Yeah, and, and I just learned that. I've just come out of that very same thing about eight months ago. Where I dedicated a year, of, a year of love of my life to this business. And it was on the right trajectory. It was a startup. It was heading in the right place. The guy I partnered with, I only wish right from the beginning and imagine this is after all of the wisdom I've learned, the books I've read, the mentorship, all of this stuff, you know, you're never too old to get it wrong. But I, you know, I, I failed here. I failed to ask that question. Where do you want to go and where do I need to go? Yeah. And we, unfortunately, by the time we got to that stage, it was too late. The too relationship late. was fractured. It was, it, it was, there was also, you know, it was, it was painful. And it's like, you know, getting married is easy. It's easy <laughs> Getting divorced so, is the hardest bit. Same in business, right? I yeah. now I understand what you're saying. It's so much of pain. And anyway, would you recommend somebody who's in job and wants to become an entrepreneur to start a side hustle to test yourself, uh, or you say just close the shop, close your job, and just full on get into entrepreneurship? What sure. What would your? Let me let's break that out. Two types of people. 
Yeah. If you are an older person with responsibility, finances, children, commitments, even if you don't have children, but you've got financial, proper financial commitments. Yeah. And of course, do your side hustle, especially if you are the sole income earner, right? Yeah. Okay. So you have to then be very, very cautious. You have to think about this planet, make sure you've got a financial runway, including the runway mentally to be able to carry on because it does require discipline, both, yeah. both types. Then there's type B, which is if you're younger or you may be older, but you have no financial commitments, you live at home with mama and papa, or yeah. you're, you live rent free, or you have a small amount of outgoings, then of course, go all in. Why wouldn't you, right? If you've got a financial runway and you can do it, go all in. But I wasn't too You were not young, but type A. Oh no, you were type uh, A, but you definitely old, definitely old, man. Imagine you know, you did, no, so, right. Yeah, we're definitely old, but the commitment side, you know, the, the responsibility side is something I, I didn't fully appreciate until after about seven months. But the one common in both types, uh, if I may say, is having an awareness of uh, how your finances are today, whether you're staying with your mom and pop or you have big responsibility and can you really clean it up and Make it simple, reduce your expenses because you're going to go for a journey, which is unpredictable, very uphill, tough. Did you do something like that? Would you recommend that clean your finances, bring down your expenses as much as you can? And you know, that kind of gives you a bit of comfort on you're not really splurging when things are not going well. If I had this conversation four and a half years ago. You would have been there. Okay. I would have been in a, such a better place. I, I did. No, no. I, 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 I was so scared I did it. Yeah, little bit, okay. not a lot, a little bit. Okay. I, I, look, I'm going to, I, I didn't think that far ahead. I was so confident in yeah. this that, okay. that, man, if I can go and write, you know, if I can manage a half a billion dollars for Wipro, I can manage to secure myself yeah. something. Okay. So let's carry on this with yeah. this confidence. Now you run yeah. the cybersecurity business. Tell us a little yeah. about it. Yeah, so I, I look, it, it, unfortunately, it didn't go the way I planned. <laughs> I got made redundant. Uh, I burned through my savings very quickly and naively. And then I had anxiety, I had anxiety attacks as well, because it keep, creeps up on you one day. Think, oh, I, I've yeah. got no money. Yeah. I've got to feed. I've got to yeah. do all of this stuff. And like I said, I'm blessed. I've got a wife who's, who supports me. And even today supports me, right, in, on many levels. So that was the, the thing we have to underpin it with. But then... The flip side is, yeah, I came out, it, I got made redundant. I never, I worked together that morning. I came out of, into Baker Street when I just got made redundant from my then employer. And it was a, a beautiful, bright a January morning. It was a little bit sunny, but crisp and, and, and just a little bit of a chill in the air. And I, and, I, and it's vivid to me because I was like, okay. And it's like that bit in the, that, that scene in the matrix where you take the blue pill or the, the yeah. red pill. <laughs> and I just thought, you know what, I'm going to take the red pill. I'm going to do this. I'm going to yeah. go for this. Yeah. yeah, I want to do this. Now's the time to do it. I don't want to do any of this for anybody anymore now. I'm done. And, and then I, le I leapt in. And the first year or so, it was, it was a mess. I didn't know what my identity was. I didn't know who I was. I still had, you know, this corporate badge, you know, this corporate air about me. I had to shrug that off. I had to then get into the discipline mode because you have free time when you work for somebody. Imagine how much free time you have when you don't work for anybody. You wake up and you no, think, nothing. what am I going to do today? <laughs> right? So getting into discipline. Oh, yeah, the, yeah. You have all the time, but actually if you do work, you have no time. Yeah. Right. Well, now I don't have any, now it's <laughs> gone, right? I'm working silly hours, but 
at that time when you jump up the when did the ideation start ideation of your business like i'm going to be in cyber security i'm going to solve this problem when did that start when i when i first started i started with a consulting business so i i, I knew what i wanted to, well at first year, i didn't know what i wanted to do but then into the sort of year and a bit into it, i thought actually what i do like is cyber security consultancy and i'm okay. pretty good at it and that's when i decided to create my first business which was a cyber security consultant business focused on the sme market in the uk and it worked really really well there what were, did you offer what problem did you solve what did you offer everything from so think about it you know at that time and even now the sme market was left untapped everybody's focusing on the big enterprise accounts right that's where the revenue is and that's what the spend is but actually anything up to 50 million dollars think about it they don't have an it security director chief information security officer they have an it director who probably has to deal with them multiple things so that's where our focus was on the SME market. Let's provide them guidance. Let's provide them infrastructure, technology if they need it, right? Even though I didn't want to be a box shift or selling tin and selling software and hardware, but occasionally we'd be asked, can you provide us that too? Let's provide them with advisory service. So everything that the, the big four consulting and the big consulting firms would do, I just brought it to a level which was A, acceptable price-wise and B, more importantly, was delivered in a, in a language which was easy to understand. Right. Right. Because I'm a normal human being. I'm talking to an IT director who's a normal human being. Yeah. No offense to the, 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 the consulting community, but they send in a partner or an MD or. Yeah. It's very, very, very. We are here. Ornamental English. Yeah. Yeah. We are here. We are right. We, we, we know our stuff. Actually, you don't. Right. So, you know, there's a lot of people out there and I'll probably get shot for this. Right. But there's a lot of people out there who actually. You know, they, they, they can't, well, they can't afford it first off, but they don't subscribe to that, yep. you know, and, and with, so that's what, that's what my first business was. So you were on your own or, uh, you hired other experts or consultants? How did you? Yeah. Yeah. So I own the company by myself, a hundred percent. I still own it by myself today, even though it's now gone into the shadows. And I actually used my entire book was contractors. Because if you looked at the market, there were all of these chief information security officers who were working for big organizations who thought, hold on a second, I earned this much here, but actually if I become a contractor, I can earn this much, right? And they are senior professionals, senior practitioners. So I just happened to have a good network of these people from my corporate land. I said, do a conversation and I'm a big, big relationship guy. That's one of my superpowers. I love relationships. Guys, if you want to become a contractor and you don't want to work for Bob anymore, but you happily do some contracting work for me and potentially if I can earn you what you would earn in a year, in three months. Do you want to do it? Yeah. And then that's what we did. I would take in the XCSO of a big company and then I'm facing off to my competitor who's a big four, but they're sending in some junior manager, you know, some 12 year old, and I'm going in with another old man like me, but who's dealt hardcore war stories, but at you know, a fraction of the cost, it, it honestly, it worked beautifully. They came full time or they came part time? No, they didn't need to, because I wasn't the only gig they were working for. Okay. Right? Full, and full I time. didn't, okay. yeah, I didn't need them to work for me full time, you see, because they were doing other contracting gigs as well. And that's the beautiful thing about being a contractor. You can contract in many places. Okay. So these were senior professionals who were contracting at multiple places. So you didn't have to really commit to them a full-time salary or anything like that. No, not at all. Not at all. And actually that, that book, believe it or not, that business model still remains the same today. Awesome. Imagine that. Right? So that is still your core business. On top of that, you build this product we are about to talk. 
Yeah, no. So that, that's not my core business anymore. So what I did do that got hit by COVID. Mm. We were just about to hit a, a, a million dollars of revenue in our second mm. year of trading. And mm. then this thing called COVID good. came along. Yeah, it, it, it was very good. I was blessed. But then this thing called COVID came along and unfortunately we didn't, we don't have, we didn't have the cash reserves, the cash flows like a mature business because we're still coming out of the traps. Yep. But what I did do was take a lot of the profit from that business and re and pivot it into Decipher Cyber Journey, which is my software business, which is my primary goal and focus today. Okay. So before we talk about Jenny, a couple of quick questions in there. Uh, when you were building your customer base, teach, uh, mm -hmm. and this was a different customer base. So you worked for corporates and your customers were corporates. Mm -hmm. Now you decided to work with the SMEs, mm -hmm. which was, I'm not sure if that was the market you were having contact with. So how did you go about building your customer base? Exactly the way I would, I did my corporate base. I profiled businesses in the yeah. SME sector. You have to really understand your local market. My local market was the whole of the UK. And if you look at the lion's share of the, the businesses in the UK, 75% of the businesses in the UK are SME. Now, if you take away the shops, you take away the corner shops and those businesses really, we don't fit. And then you take away the big SMEs, actually you're left with a, still a chunkable, you know, a, a sizable amount of potential business to go for. And literally the way I did it is I went to my board, uh, not my board, they were on my board then, but I went to these practitioners and said, guys, we all have relationships. Let's wrap this package up and let's use that to open up doors. Got it. And mm -hmm. that's how we did it. We, we, we couldn't go knocking on doors because you have to build trust with cyber, as you know, Very true. right. And, and whilst I had the pedigree and the experience of corporate, I leveraged those skills transferred them into taking them to an SME, which they're not going to get from elsewhere. And then I powered by practitioners who come from the industry. It, it, you know, I, I think about that time fondly because it was, it, it was good for the, the client or the potential customer. They're getting value, but they're getting an amazing amount of client care Very high quality. and experience from the practitioner. So the contacts came through these contractors, right? Yeah, partly that. Partly. And then what happened is I used some social media, okay. a little bit of selling, you know, I, I recruited a salesperson Good. and, and she was out there hitting the, hitting the, the market and we Good. could tell them. Yeah. Yeah. But then what happened is I got referral business. That's well. all right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, a, the, it's the beauty of SME, you know, you do yeah. one good job and everybody yeah. talks about you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Now let's come on to your, the right excitement thing that you are on, which is your Jenny point 2.0. Mm -hmm. When does that come out as a, as an idea? Because you were running this consulting. I, I, I understand the COVID came, things started to fall apart. Tell me how this whole idea of creating sure. a Jenny came in and what this Jenny is all about. So the actual idea came to my head about three years ago, sitting on the sofa with my wife watching TV and there's this advert in the UK about this insurance marketplace and they sell car insurance and house insurance and all of this kind of stuff. And I looked at my wife and, you know, just all these things you just say, I said, would it be cool if there was like a place like this for cybersecurity companies, you know, like somewhere where every single cybersecurity company could just be aggregated, put into one place and, you know, just, we tell the world about it. And she said, there must be something like this. Surely there must be re repositories and databases and this stuff. And she was right. There was, however, it, there wasn't a place where it was done in real time and information was uploaded in real time and the depth of information. It, there was nothing like that. And there still is nothing like that, which I'm proud to say. And that's where the idea came about. She wasn't called Jenny at the time. At one point we, we called her Chili Cyber 
I don't know. Yeah, it's such a bad name. Such okay, a bad nice. Name. I like it. Yeah, well, the thing is, you know, when you're Indian, and then I said that to my friends who are all Indian. Yeah, you just didn't do curry, curry oh, powder. They ripped it apart. They're like, what is this? Like an Indian spicy cyber restaurant. And there's little silly <laughs> comments. Like, we, I was like, oh God, yeah, trust you guys to think about it like that, right? But I, I, I like the name Chili Cyber. I don't know why I called it Chili Cyber, but she was called Chili Cyber back then. And then I thought that doesn't, that's not good. And yeah. then actually it was my wife who said, why don't we call it? use it to cyber cyber but actually we call the engine jenny so what yeah. what is jenny jenny is essentially we're in version 2.0 now we launched in we relaunched back back out into the market in november last year as a cyber business intelligence platform we have the world's largest database of cyber security vendors and service providers all aggregated in one place in one platform which is the engine jenny and effectively that information is collected in real time, updated in real time. It's all packaged up and we, we now give that to our user base and we have a massive user base of all sorts of different types of users who want this information because, you know, cyber is a massive space. It's exploding. Threats are becoming more and more, uh, common now, you know, here cyber attacks all the time, unfortunately, because what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine at the moment, you just have to listen to that about the, the, the worry about this, the, what the, the rest of the world are going to feel from Russia from a cyber perspective. So it's now the fourth or fifth biggest challenge for most companies. And, you know, arguably in some cases, probably second or third, depending on which industry you're in, vertically in. And my company effectively is there to describe as the Google of cyber, if you will, yeah, you know, a yeah. single place where you can go and find whatever company you want in an instant. And so, you go. so a couple of questions on the uh, business side of it. So it was an idea you wanted to create the. The, the database for cybersecurity vendors. When you got that idea, did you also think about how would I make money out of it? All the did time. <laughs> All the yeah. time. Okay. Yeah. Real Gujarati. Yeah. yeah. So what, what was the initial <laughs> thought in terms of how you would make, make money and does that remain the same or it has evolved in different ways? Yeah. So the, the, the principal idea was what they would make revenue from uh, vendors, which are the, the cybersecurity companies that Jenny finds. Yeah. And we, we allow them to, well, Jenny finds them. She creates a profile for them automatically. And we, we tell our users that this company exists, right? So we level out the playing field, which is one of the core principles of the company there. And it still is today. Yeah. Because I want to let the world know there's these small vendors out there who have these very cool, innovative uh, solutions, which you're never going to know about because guess what? You're, you're seeing the heavily funded and marketing big cybersecurity companies who are in your face all the time. But if you step away, there are some very cool companies out so there. So if I'm a cybersecurity vendor, what mm -hmm. additional advantage I get uh, if mm -hmm. I'm registered with you versus I'm not registered with you and people can blame yeah. me on Google and yeah. I'm doing my own marketing, why yeah. should I put myself on Jenny? Yeah, sure. Look, first off, you are most likely you will be on Jenny and there'll be a free profile on you. So that's our premium. Ah, right. That's why that's our premium model. We get that to you anyway. Mm. So whether we whether we get around to speaking to you or not in the foreseeable future. People are looking at you, right? Okay. We get 10,000 views a month. 10,000 right? views a month. Yeah. Pro and, and that's just going up and up and up, right? I mean, the, I can't even share with you the stat we had when we yeah. opened up in November. It's, it's a silly yeah. number, but so that's our gift. That's, that's what we always wanted. That's principally what Jenny was about to give Tinesh's little firewall company based out in Cambodia, who does something innovative, a voice in the market, right? That's. basics for us. We, we do that as our gift, but then beyond that, if you want more information to be placed on you more, if you want to embellish and furnish your profile with information, if you want user analytics, and there's a whole stream of other things, if you want uh, us to connect you with some of the users, 
in order for you to create maybe an opportunity. That's where we're moving to now. But that's, remember, that's just one element. That's vendors. On the flip side, if you look at our users, we've got thousands of global users. We've got 455 of the world's biggest companies leveraging our platform. I mean, I can share the big household names with you. So I'm impressed with that. The question that's running in my mind is you came up with this idea and now you're going to build the software. You're not a software guy or you're not a website guy. You're a sales guy. You understand cybersecurity space. What was the approach like from idea to actually creating your desert for cyber and then getting all these big companies joining you and all of those things? Give me a little bit of approach before you, yeah. before everything happened, what was the approach? And then how did it pan out? Yeah. So approach was pretty much, I stayed within my comfort zone within cyber. Number one, I validated the idea a lot with my existing old corporate clients and friends. Remember, if your core character is relationships and which, which mine is, what is the first thing I did? I called up my contacts in some of the world's biggest companies. I went to meet them for a coffee and I said, I've got this idea. And what I did do was create a very raw, basic framework, wireframe they're called for my, my platform. Yes. It, I mean, it looked completely different then, yeah. completely different. And I said, principally, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Yeah. Every single person said, we like this and we want to give you ideas for it. And that's what I did. So if you look at a lot of the outputs for Jenny now, some of the features, I'm not that bright. They weren't for me. <laughs> this is from the market who have been telling me over the last year, two years, we want to see this information. And if you, and so that's what it was. Then part two was now I need somebody to build it for me. And that's when I was super blessed to, through a connection of mine, I met my business partner and co-founder Newman. Newman at the time was only 19 years old. Imagine, right? But at that time, I mean, talk about impressive at that time. By 14, he was already an ambassador for the United Nations who represented Italy. By 17, I think he was number, he came number two as a, an Olympian mathematician for Italy. I did the typical Indian thing. I'm a father. I said, why did you not come number one? Net down. <laughs> but anyway, I can't even say that because he's so bright. He looks at me sometimes thinking you really are just, you know, he rises above the conversation, I think. And then by 19, he's doing an economics degree part-time in the evening whilst building a software company himself. And I meet this guy through a connection and we both just gelled like literally. And now three years on, he is, he, he's, I don't, he's not my business partner for the sake of these calls. I say, but he's, I've adopted him like my son. I don't have a son. I treat him like my son. He's my, one of my closest friends. I love, I, I love the guy. You know, I, if I had a son, it would be Newman. That's how passionate I feel about this guy. And, and he'll say the same. And, and we just, we talk every single day, every single day about everything. So what did he build? He built the, the whole software? Everything, ground up. He, he, he came to my house, I had a big chalkboard in my office and we put Jenny in the middle and I've still got this, I've got these pictures yeah. and you see Jenny and then ideas, we, different, we both took different chalk and we started with different ideas and then we take pictures, scrub the board and then, and then for weeks we did that and you just saw Jenny grow. In fact, when I finished my book, in the book you see chapters of, you see a chapter of how you see the chalkboard evolve from an idea to where it is today. And that literally what it was. And he built the team, the technical team, because remember there's some machine learning in there as well. So, you know, I hate right. using the word artificial intelligence. So yeah. supervised machine learning, the clever stuff. Yeah. And he literally came in with his own ideas. We got some of the brightest sparks in the country. Mm. 
thing about hanging out with bright people, they also know other bright people. <laughs> so, right? His team is also very young. They're, yeah. And they're all like, all of their CDs are amazing. And they're brilliant. brilliant. Like, yeah. I mean, brilliant. like 18, 19 years old, you think, wow, you know, you feel humbled. Yeah. I'm honest. I feel humbled when I, when I talk. So let's summarize this business three years into it. Uh, what are the key highlights? The, the, the good stuffs that have happened, the accolades yeah. and the yeah. revenue and, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, so, so, and all of those things. And then yeah. also the setbacks and the learnings. Yeah. So look, best things are coming out into the market within sort of a year. We won the most innovative cybersecurity product of the year at the cybersecurity awards in the UK. We cool. some pretty big names and we're not even a technical product, right? Yeah. So that was humbling. I'm not going to lie to you. I did cry that day, yeah, I can, <laughs> you know, I was 45 yeah. years old at 46 and I, and I was crying <laughs> like, you know, it's emotional. Uh, a very big highlight. Another highlight for me is obviously having what I have now as in, in a friend, a brother, a son, a big yeah. partner. Yeah. That for me supersedes everything, by the way. You, a God gift. Yeah. It awesome. is God's gift, right? He's with me for life. Whether he likes it or not, he's with me for life. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and, and, and the third thing is, you know, we were raising money for the first time last month and we had an offer for somebody to buy a company cool. uh, for uh, uh, a multi-million, because, uh, you know, I hate, I hate using that, but because I want to, you know, it, but it was, we got a, a very good offer. Yeah. Uh, we said no, because we have a lot more to do. So whilst that's there and God, God forbid, we needed to sell the company we could, but we've got the right investors now, we've got the right partnerships. We we're going to grow this thing into something completely, you know, astronomical in the next sort of 18 months. That's, that's, that's all I can ask for. And I'm happy. Right. You can tell by the smile, right? Why would yeah. I not be happy? Learnings, learnings, learnings. I would probably say slow down. I'm, I, I work at an astronomical pace. If, if, if people think they work hard, they, I always say, come and work with me for a week. I promise you want your old life back. You know, take time out. I, I suffer from anxiety. I talk about it. I, I, I talk about mental health. The one thing I've learned to do, and it's helped me being in Australia is thank God, because I do London hours and evening hours, and I, I now actually get time back in the day. Mm. And so I do take time to go to the water. I do take time to go to the gym. I am now reconnecting with myself a little bit and spending time on me. Very, very important. Cause if you don't, this plays, it gets mm. tired. Mm. And as you get older, you know, it gets harder. And the other thing is, I, I, I think I, I need to spend a bit more time with my family. Mm. Any entrepreneur, yeah. any founder, we lose sight of that sometimes. Yeah. yeah health and family. So, yeah. you know, that's things I'm trying to work on as yeah. we speak. Did you, did you also in these three years have any need of guidance and mentorship from seasoned entrepreneurs? Yeah. All the time. All and the time. Did you have that network or mm -hmm. hired business coaches or what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. So listen, I, I, whether you hire a business coach, whether you get mentorship because you have a network, whatever your uh, appetite is, you absolutely have to have somebody supporting you as your wingman or wingwoman, right? Giving you, you use them as a sounding board. Just you, sometimes you don't need opinions. Sometimes you just want to talk. It's a bit like a therapy session. Sometimes you just want to talk and let it out, whatever that thing may be mm -hmm. in your, in your, you know, it's affecting your business or you or whatever it may be. And I cannot, I cannot tell you enough how very early on I, 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 I used to have a, a therapist. I used to, I've got, I'm blessed to have a very strong network of business friends around me. So, and then it, who are friends and they're business people. And then external to that, I've also got cyber entrepreneurs 
in different stages of their businesses. Ones are just about to raise a, 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 B, a B round. You got the right environment. Yeah. And, and I am very open to conversations with people. If there's, I, yeah, you know, we've, we've spoken at length about this. Yeah. It, it's for me, hundred percent, please never anybody think that, no, I can do this by yourself because nobody's that tough. Nobody is. Yeah. yeah, no, that's good, man. So, and how do you see your business end of this? Whether I've sold it or not, or it will well, you're definitely not selling it. I know for sure. How do you see, meaning, uh, where do you see this business end of this year, end of next year? So having just closed our round, I've got a few milestones from, you know, given that we've got investors in now. So two things I want to do, we're starting a big seed round. I want to have secured that seed round in the next three months. Okay. Good to six, hopefully. If I've done that, then the business is on a hockey stick. Then it's just yeah. about creating a US team. I want to get my development team. I want that to be a little bit more solid. I, I, I want to start paying people properly. You know, okay. these are the startup yeah. journeys and yeah. Yeah. Try, uh, things we have. They're the goals. They're not necessarily all tagged to revenue. Hmm. They don't have to be. Of course, I want to hit a certain revenue number, but yeah. actually I want to get the foundation solid, people yeah. built, and then go out there and really hit the market, global market. Why do you US need team in US? I need a, actually I need a quite a big team in the US because the US is where Jenny sits really well, uh, okay. because that's where the most cybersecurity companies are. And that's where, that's where I see my biggest user base. Okay. So makes sense. And if you look at our users, you know, our global users, 70% come from the UK. The other, other 25% are actually US users. So I, makes it sense. would make sense for me to put some resource behind that market. No, I'll look forward to it. And it's, it sounds like a very exciting journey you are in. And uh, yeah. you're at the right time, mm -hmm. you're able to get an investor at this point in time. So this is fantastic. You have really, really powerful team. The way you explained, I, yeah. I felt jealous. So with in wrapping, is there anything I should have asked Tinesh to add value to this conversation that I missed? Yeah, I, I, I don't think there's anything that we've missed, but I, I do always end it. I like to end things with, if you're going to do something, absolutely do it. Absolutely. Don't keep waiting. Don't keep waiting. There's, so that's there's, your there's, advice for people who want to start something. Yeah, uh, yeah, but just be mindful of your situation from a family perspective and financial. Of course, financial is key for a lot of people. Yeah, that's yeah. their biggest worry. Yeah. If you can get that settled and you can do a side hustle, grow it and then pivot it so it gives you the income over and above your, your day job, then that's the right to, time to cut the umbilical cord and you have to ha take a leap of faith, but absolutely do it. If I hadn't taken the red pill and I'd taken the blue pill, I would have been a partner somewhere. I'd be earning, I'm sure a lot of money, but yeah. at some point it's not even about money. It's about waking up, feeling alive, yeah. feeling free, kind of, <laughs> yeah. when you're not working all the hour, but then work becomes your life and you enjoy it. Right. So. Yeah. That that's it, really. You know, take care of everything. Of course, this and uh, and this whole conversation, you added a lot of value. You shared a lot of minute uh, stuffs, which which kind of you just said. But having the environment, or having good managers or mentors, speaking to the right people. When you brought in contractor, you brought in really high end people. You assess the situation that I can actually bring in these people to work with me, and so on and so yeah. forth. All of those things are learning. So. For you, maybe you intuitively did it or may not. So this, everything you have said is a lot of foundation notes people can take in. They say, okay, where do I stand? Do I have the network? Do I have mentors? Do I have this? Do I have that? So I think you have added a lot of uh, pointers towards what people should take care of when they are uh, thinking of moving from corporate to entrepreneurship. 
Well, thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for having me. I look forward to your success journey of thank Jenny two point zero and then Jenny two point three point zero. Three point zero. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Tinesh. Uh, Thanks, man. Have a good day. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Indian Expats podcast with your host Hasan Ali. Hope you got some value out of Tinesh's journey. What I got from this conversation is um, I felt sales is a very useful skill and uh, if I had to start my career all over again I would start in sales. Uh, let me know what you got out of Tinesh's story. And uh, if you're someone at a career crossroad or feeling stuck, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn and share with me your situation. I'll be happy to help if it's within my capacity or we'll connect you with someone who's better suited to help you with your situation.